Hey guys, before we start today's podcast, I just wanted to remind you, if you're interested in attending Iowa State's bowl game this year, we'd like you to consider traveling with us here at Cyclone Fanatic. Through EB Sports Tours, we'll be offering a charter to wherever the Cyclones participate this postseason. We're thinking San Antonio or Orlando. How can you beat a direct flight, having your hotel taken care of, and group transportation set up for you at either spot? This tour is for the Cyclone fan who prefers a Chevy instead of a Cadillac. We'll keep things as simple as possible to keep things as economical as possible. We've got a link floating around on CF and on social media where you can sign up for specifics that will be sent directly to your inbox on Sunday. Check it out and thank you for supporting Cyclone Fanatic. And now here's this week's episode of Stands and Fits. Welcome to another edition of the Cyclone Fanatic podcast. It is episode 47 of Stands and Fits. Presented by the professional MBA program, the Ivy College of Business at Iowa State University. And it is November 28th, 2018. And we don't like or we don't hate Bill Snyder anymore. No, we only respect him. All the hate's gone. Finally broke the streak. It feels good. It was like a 70 ton pound silverback gorilla lifted off of our shoulders. It's like we yeah. had Harambe kept riding around on us. Yep. And then he decided to jump off and now he's gone. Man, Harambe. That's bringing, bringing me back a year. RIP, sweet prince. Yep. But yeah, dude, it was interesting too to see that. It's like two years ago. Yeah, I know. Uh, in the post game presser, Snyder was commenting on how, like, how he had never lost like that before. And honestly, hearing that was kind of mind opening. Or like mind blowing, mm-hmm. just because if you think about how many Iowa State losses have like happened that way, it's like how could anyone go through that long of a coaching tenure and never lose like that? You know. Well, it's just funny because he's done that to Iowa State so many times. Mm. It you it almost makes you wonder if he's like, damn, I wonder if this is how it's felt when I do that to them, or if he's just like so oblivious to it mm. that he's just like. He he's just like only thinking of it from his point of view. Yeah, because uh, I can't remember the exact stat, but he whenever his teams had led at halftime, like he'd only lost like what twelve games until the last weekend. Yeah, in like thirty years. Yeah, which is incredible. Yeah, that that's an insane stat. A testament to how good of a coach he is, obviously. But it was a it was a crazy game. You made a you made a uh, an admission to me when you. Uh, Walked in here. Yeah. If I, I will fully admit that if I had been at the game, freezing my butt off, gotten down 17 with the way that we were playing, I probably would have strongly considered leaving. And I know a lot of my friends who are diehard fans like me, they left early. So I guess the one thing that we can take away from that is that Fitzy's a fake fan. No. Fake, fake fan. Very false. We're going to make a remix of the Drake song, Fake Fan. <laughs> As about I, all the people that left early. As I also told you, I didn't. Again, I I did not go to the game. I watched on TV at home, and I can probably say I did not turn off the TV. So good for me. Pat on the back. Patting myself on the back right now. Right. Thank you for your service. Yep. <laughs> uh, we are we're incredibly proud of you for not picking up the remote and changing the channel. I I strongly considered it, but I I, I kind of had that feeling. You never know. So what's going through your mind when? Not even when they're down seventeen. Even when they score that first touchdown. So in between the touchdown, the scene Buckner touchdown and the Willie Harvey sack, Mike Rose touchdown. Mm. I mean, it was only like 40 seconds of game time, but it was longer than that in real minutes. 
Mm. What's going through your head in those in that time? Um, at that point, I was just still thinking, oh, K State's gonna get the ball back. They're gonna go on a, you know, a ninety play, soul draining touchdown drive. Yeah, and it's just gonna be the end of the game because that's what happens every time they get the ball late. Like so, they just drive down the field. No matter how good our defense has played up to that point, we can't stop them. That's just Bill Snyder football. Yeah, that was the point. So then that happens, and that's the point when I looked at Chris and I looked at Rob and I was like. They might do this. All right, we got ourselves a new ball game. Yeah. Now, you know, even though you're still only down three, it was like, mm-hmm. all right, now the momentum is shifted again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that Mike Rose play was incredible. Yeah, that was one of the flukier deals I think you're ever going to see. Yeah, because the, the ball went literally right into his chest, didn't it? Yeah, basically just he was engaged with, a defen- uh, with an offensive lineman, and then all of a sudden... yeah. The ball was in his arms. Like the, the lineman even still had his arms like on Mike Rose and didn't realize that Rose had the ball at that point. It was just so perfectly dropped into his I almost, lap. I almost wonder if Mike Rose even knew that he had the ball <laughs> Yeah, for a second. It was that know? fast. It was a bang-bang play. Right. It was just, it was crazy. But those, those couple minutes were, I don't know. I don't know if I've ever seen anything like that where it just happened so fast. Not in Iowa State's favor. No. Especially against Kansas State. No. It was like a... They talk about flipping the rock, you know. Mm-hmm. It's like they flipped the rock, and then all of a sudden, you, it the rock, like the mountain wasn't a steady decline. It was like a ninety degree drop. Yeah, it was like you were on a roller coaster. Yeah, because if you look at the, it's the same thing. If you look at the post game win probability chart, I think Kansas State had like a ninety eight percent chance of winning that game at one point, and then it completely flipped the other way. Yeah, I mean it was it was inexplicable. The mm-hmm. fact that. Snyder hasn't retired yet, honestly, it surprises me. It is, because you would think that if he was going to retire, he probably would have known going to that game. I think that he's probably known for a while, Yeah, honestly. And since Kansas State is not going to go to a bowl, unless something crazy happens with the 5-7 and seven team, I don't know. No, there's too many teams already. Okay. So he's not going to there's a bowl. There's been teams that are, that are eligible that won't make bowls. So then there's absolutely no reason that he would be he should hold off at this point. If he was going to retire, I would think. Right. And you would think they'd want to do it and start their search. Exactly. Get it going as soon as possible for next year for recruiting purposes. I don't know. Maybe that rejuvenated him. It changed his mind. Maybe. He's going to come back now. The first time he lost to any team in that way, came to Iowa State, ended the big streak. And he's like, man, I got to stay around for another 10 years. Right. <laughs> Get the streak going again. I got it. Yeah. Now I got to stick it out. I can't end, I can't end that way. Yeah. Yeah. It was... I don't know. It was surreal. It was it was something else. Here's a question I don't really I I don't know, and I'm assuming you won't know either, but it might be worth researching is has a coach ever coached as long as Snyder and been as old as him and eventually just kept coaching until one day he died of old age? Uh Joe Paterno would have been close. Yeah. Didn't quite make it. No. For obvious reasons. Well, yeah. I think he probably I think the fact that he wasn't working anymore. He kind, led, of, kind of led to his yeah, eventual, eventual demise. Yeah. Heartbroken kind of thing. Uh, but he's the only other person I would think of that would be close, I guess. Mm-hmm. So obviously Snyder's in, he's in his 80s, correct? He's getting up there. Something like that. Yeah, I want to say he's like 84 maybe. He does look pretty good for an old guy, I would say, though. I don't know. And that was another thing. My wife was commenting while watching the game. Oh, yeah. No, okay. So, yeah, this is, this is what we need to talk about. We got some, we got some serious stuff to talk about. What, yeah, was, so, it, what, what was it that she said before the game? Um, well, let's see. What was it? I got to look back now. I'll go back through my Twitter feed. But the, the one I was about to bring up was that she commented on the fact that 
she thinks Bill Snyder is super cute or an old guy. That's a really weird thing. Okay, and the thing is, at the time, I think you she, need to have some conversations with your wife just to. I I kind of get it though because again, if you're looking at the the context of it, he's that old. He's kind of he's kind of a small dude, and again, my wife doesn't really pay attention that closely to football and all that stuff, so she doesn't know all of the pain that this man has inflicted upon Iowa State football. <laughs> so she has none of that background. Of course, that I know all about that. And yeah. it's like when I when I looked at Bill Snyder, especially during the game, especially when we got down by 17 points, I was you're like, just seeing red at that. I, point. I'm seeing red. I'm seeing like, oh my gosh, this guy is Satan incarnate, <laughs> and all she can think about is, oh, here's this cute little old guy. Got this nice little uh, white hair. You Win, know? Got his windbreaker and his Cortez, yeah. his Nike Cortez is from like 1983. <laughs> exactly. And she's all she's thinking is like, wow, I just want to go give that guy a hug. <laughs> when all I'm thinking about is, wow, this guy sucks. I hate this guy. He's he's too good of a football coach. Everybody else is thinking about how, how they hate him. And she's like, kind of reminds me of my grandpa. <laughs> yeah, in a way. Yeah. So yeah, I'm going back here real fast. Yeah, because she had several statements that were she questionable. Usually, that was one. Usually when I'm uh, watching games, she goes on a roll with a few, few oh, quotes. Didn't she say something about the pants too? The black. Oh pants? yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the quote was, "Those black outfits really accentuate the booty." <laughs> and that was word for word quote. So she said the black like outfit. The black outfits. Yeah, and I did have a couple. Uh, I think at least one female uh, reiterate that fact. She corroborated my mom, my not my mom, my my wife's viewpoint that the black the black pants were good. Black is a very slimming color, isn't it? It is, but in this case, maybe maybe it was more of a enhancing color. <laughs> <laughs> I was searching for the right adjective there. <laughs> uh, no, there was definitely one more thing that because it was something before that you uh, said that you tweeted out, and that's when I said that you needed to divorce her. And then you said that she said the thing about Snyder. And I said, all right, for real, you need to call your lawyer. This I think, is- well, I, th- I think the, no, because she just said, I love their coach. He's so cute. And I, I'm pretty sure that's what you said. Yeah, yeah. You said divorce her now. Okay. That. Okay. So just those two comments. But yeah, dude, it's just, it's so hard to let her know like how much Iowa State fans hate Bill Snyder or at least respect him, but vastly hate what he's done to us. Yeah. Yeah, just to understand the pain yeah. that he has caused. Uh, no, yeah, you couldn't under you couldn't explain it. No, in that in that span of time. Mm-mm. But and I and that was the thing. Like a lot of the times, she will read the articles I write. But like many other people who were letting me know on the forums last week, they didn't want to read the uh, <laughs> the article I wrote about ranking the losses because I think it would have brought up too many uh, bad memories. For where people. where would this one? It, okay, say they don't come back, or even say. They do come back, and then they score on that long pass at the end. Where does this one Ooh. rank in the hierarchy? Um, Where would it have ranked? That's tough. In it's, an alternate dimension. So in, so in your – let's specifically go for the last thing. The, the, the long pass hits. Mm-hmm. They score on that touchdown. So that would – Iowa State would have led at that point and then lost on that late touchdown. That would have really sucked. That probably would have been – I probably would have put that at number two. I think still behind last year, still behind last year just because of the absurdity of all those picked up flags. But I think it was more important than the 2015 game, even though that was incredibly Mm -hmm. incompetent on Rose's part by not kneeling the ball. Just because again, in 2015, they weren't really playing for anything at that point. Right. It was just a game, but 
at this point they're they were still trying to improve their bowl placement and stuff so but yeah i would still place it behind the ref uh fiasco that's fair then yeah because in that situation at least it would just be kansas state making a play mm. you know yeah exactly and that wouldn't even as been, have been as much anything no. that's like unexplicable i mean i mean you can you could choose to blame it on iowa state's defense had that hit you know a lapse in coverage or something but at, um like you said that's kind of like a Kansas State making a play thing and as opposed to uh, the universe conspires against Iowa State kind of thing. Yeah, and we've certainly been through enough of those Agreed. situations. Yeah. All right, let's move on to this week. Got Drake. Drake. Are you excited to play the Bulldogs? Uh, no, not really. <laughs> <laughs> I think a lot of the fan base feels the same way, though. They, The only thing that's exciting about this is, again, it's a local team, but beyond that, I think everyone's expecting that Iowa State should win pretty easily um, and don't want any of the, the main players to get hurt either. So I think you just want to get in, get out of this game with a win. Yeah, it kind of feels like a waste of time. But, yeah, you know, I understand why you have to do it. Yeah, because, you know, eight, nine win seasons don't come along very often for Iowa State. Well, exactly. There's that. And it's just like, I don't know. I, it's just like, ah. yeah. It's it's so, de- it's December. I know kind of, we're almost ready. Like we're a little bit ready to just like kind of turn the page. Yeah, move on this a little bit. Uh, so I'm probably gonna address this in my mailbag this week too. But we can talk about it a little bit too. Do you expect Iowa State's starters to play more than a quarter or a half? I would expect that they don't play any in the second half. No, I would. Even if they did play in the second half, it'd probably only be one series. Mm-hmm. I think the the one thing that's maybe a bit of a misconception is that you know it's not like these guys are high school team no or anything they they still play football collegiately right and i mean drake is still a, is the division one level even though it's not non-scholarship. non-scholarship like there's probably a lot of guys on their team that could have played um could have went elsewhere and could have been played and been on scholarship whether it be you and i or you know somewhere like that or even have been a walk-on at a at an actual yeah. fbs school so let's not like let's not pretend that this is yeah, the, like the you know the sister Mary's school for the blind and deaf or something. Yep. The difference will obviously just be the main difference for them will be that they haven't seen a team that nearly as talented as Iowa State. Well, and that's what I was talking to somebody last night that I I'm you know when you play a South Dakota State, obviously you expect South Dakota State to not be as talented, but they have also played against enough FBS teams to where they have an expectation of when you're going to play another one. Yep all right, this is what we're going to see. The level of athlete that you're going to see. Drake, it, it's like, it's like, okay, well, we played Stetson this year, mm-hmm. you know, and played Butler. Yeah. People like that. And it's like the last time they played an FBS team was in 1995. Yeah. So probably none of the current players who are on their team have ever played or ever been alive when Drake had played an FBS team. Hmm. The oldest ones on the team would have, like, it would be the oldest okay. ones on the team. That so the, the red shirt seniors. Yeah. Yeah. There's one kid that plays tight end for them that went to Kemper Catholic. That was like two years younger than me. He might've been alive then mm-hmm. that, but that that's like, that's like it. Yeah. You know, not in their conscious memory years at least. No, no, nobody actually would legitimately remember it. Mm-hmm. It was so long ago that I'm pretty sure it was when USF had like hardly even been a, 
a thing an fbs team for yeah. very long at that point mm-hmm. so i don't know how much that even counts i mean drake won the game yeah but yeah it'll be a it'll be an interesting experience so then i would imagine that if, if nothing else it'll be a thing that 20 years from now we can look back on and be like hey Remember that time that Drake played Iowa State? Yeah, exactly. Because this probably won't ever happen again for who knows how long, maybe right. ever. Right. Um, so then do you expect for all the all the freshmen who haven't even gotten into a game yet, do you think they'll they'll see playing time as long as they're not in the doghouse? Yeah, I'd imagine so. I'd I'd guess that we'll see some Real Mitchell and some uh I'd guess we'll see some Joey Ramos and Trevor Downing and yeah. those guys. Some defensive linemen. Isaiah Lee. Yep. You know, that, that Chandler Pulvermacher. Probably the, see him in there a little bit. The one exception will be Will McDonald because it sounds like he's at four and they're still planning on redshirting him. Correct. Yeah, he will not He will not play because they, they want to save that year for him. Mm-hmm. Um, which would suck, man. It'd suck for him to just be like, damn. Yeah. And I, All I'm, my classmates get to play, but I have to stand over here. I'm curious, too, because I don't know off the top of my head which games he actually played in and how much he played in them. Well, I know he played against TCU, obviously, because mm-hmm. he, he had that big Cody because he had the sack in that one. Yep. Um, I want to say he might have played against Akron. Pretty sure that's the case. Mm-hmm. I'm sure that it was just a couple games right around in that span of time. Yep. Oklahoma State. I think he might have played. Mm-hmm. I don't remember for sure. That's kind of a, a question. I don't know. If you West could Virginia. Ask. It's probably that like four game span right there. I don't know. Again, I don't know when you could ask this, but th- I'd be curious to find out before next season what Campbell's thoughts were on how he used those red shirt games this year and how he might change that going into next year too it's all I think it's all just relative like for each different guy mm-hmm. you know you just got to do what it feels like they're ready to do yeah like with McDonald I'm sure they could have kept playing him and he would have been fine mm-hmm. but it's like okay do we want the, with the guys that we have in this yeah. group do we want to keep him in there for special situations basically or do we want a year of year five will mcdonald when he's just a freak yeah and especially when iowa state's so deep on the d-line that's what i'm saying it's like it's like it's not like they don't have guys that they can put out there at those positions yeah you know and so i would say that at the end of the day he's just like all right we're gonna get him some experience if he's out there and he turns out to just be it's i mean an absolute stud where it's like he's making tackles, you know, he's getting like two sacks a game or Where, something like, like that. Make, making plays no one else on the team can make. Right. Like he's just absolutely kicking ass. And it's like, okay, we can't take this kid off the field. We have to play him the rest of the year. Like what Mike Rose has done. Yeah. They could not have just taken Mike Rose out and redshirted him. Yep. They could not have just taken Brock Purdy out and redshirted him. Mm-hmm. You know, it, if he had been like that, then it's maybe it's like, okay, yeah, we got to rock with this kid, you mm-hmm. know? But when it's like, okay, well, we have any and Matt Leo and, Spencer Ben and all these different guys. It's like, we'll just get, just get him an extra year. Right. We'll just get him that extra year. And then we just know, we know he's already pretty good right now. Hopefully he'll be great, even better next great. year. Great. Like in, yeah. you know, four years when he's a redshirt senior. That's kind of how I look at that situation. Yeah. Yep. I agree with you. All right. Basketball. Got a big win over Omaha last night. Did yep. you watch the game? I did. I was there. Oh, you, oh yeah. I saw that on Twitter. How's, yes. how's the experience? Uh, great. Do you know I was gonna? I was actually considering putting the student section in my knot this week, but I, again, I, I think I'm pretty sure I did that at one point last yeah, year. Yeah, we really roasted the student section a couple times last year. Yeah, that was during conference play, though. But I must say that it was. Uh, yeah, I, that that's the thing. Yeah, it was during conference play. But like this is even worse. It seems like, and again, it's Omaha on a Monday night. But my goodness, like the lower bowl wasn't even I half mean, full. Well, yeah, and maybe 
I mean, maybe I just like am misremembering. But even against those bad teams when I was in school, I do not remember a single time where it was that no empty. I feel like the lower bowl was always at least to capacity. Right. Even you, against yeah, the bad you, opponents. If you were going to get sit in the, the bottom section, you had to be there early. Yeah. Otherwise, you were, you were guaranteed to only be able to sit up top. There's always been patches in the upper deck and even large patches for these non-conference games. But when you get to conference season, of course, it's filled to the rafters, mm-hmm. especially for like games like Kansas and, and Texas and whatnot. But yeah, it was, it was really sad to see that much blank space and the um, lack of participation in like chants and stuff too. It just seemed down to me. Do you think that it's because of football? Um, I don't think that you could attribute Monday to that because no one was here anyway. Like there wasn't any hardly hardly any students there on Monday either. No, and I wonder how many students again we're just coming off Thanksgiving break too. I wonder how many students are maybe get, slow getting back or had a lot to do. Had a lot to do. I don't. I don't know though, dude. It just. Seems I'm interested like, to see what it's going to look like for that Kansas game. Yeah, because, because they did give students the opportunity well, yeah, to buy they, or to they, get tickets. Right, they gave them the opportunity to get the tickets still, but mm. at the same time. How many of them are going to come back for that? You know, yeah, because that would be—I uh, can't even imagine what a non- how people would react to that. Yeah, you know, it's yeah. one thing to to hear them complain about these games, but if it if it looked like what it did last night when Kansas comes, there will be some very serious. There will be some very angry people. Yeah, like Cyclone Alley will come under fire for how bad it is. Right, like there will be multiple threads on mm-hmm. the forums. Yes. It will be bad. But anyways, maybe we should talk about the actual basketball team, if there's anything to talk about. Yeah. I mean, I, we talked a lot about them last week after they beat Illinois. Yes. Has anything changed in your mind since then? Um, I was really impressed by the, the San Diego State win. That was, yeah. that was a dominant win. Um, I mean, I think the biggest thing is just what's going to happen now with Zoran and Cam coming back yep. next Monday against North Coast. They're both coming back. And I think uh, ever since Taylor Horton Tucker had his big game against Illinois, I think he's kind of... He's maybe pressed a little bit more, and obviously I, I like it when he's on, but at the same time, I think some of those fadeaways, he could probably cut out of his game once we get closer to the conference season. Did you see on ESPN today he was a, a first-round pick in their number, draft? Number 24, I believe, right? To the Boston Celtics, yeah. Interesting. And to the Celtics, man, that'd be, that'd be interesting. Well, I, I think that there's one guy there that's super high on him, that Mike Schmitz from the formerly of Draft Express. Oh, really? I'm pretty sure that's the case. I think he was down in Maui and mm-hmm. was like, man. Yeah. Really? If, if, he, if you would have watched really him down there, now. then yeah. you could see his potential. But I don't know about that. He went from being basically completely off the board to all of a sudden he's a first-round pick. Yeah. He's got a lot more to prove, and I think he's got to be a little bit more consistent, obviously, if he's going to go in the first round, especially after a fresh, his freshman season. Exactly. So. Yeah. But, yeah, I think the, the first question I pulled from our mailbag pool this week was uh, which – I mean, double check, but it was uh, cooler if you did ask, who is your biggest surprise of the basketball season so far? I think it's got to be Tyrese Halberton, right? Yeah, I mean, I think it's either him or Jacobson. Jacobson, yeah. yeah. I knew Jacobson was good. Mm-hmm. I don't think I knew that he was 17 points a game good. No, but, what, 17 and 7, I think he's averaging yeah, or something like that? Yeah, yeah. Insanely good. And he's, the thing about him is he's just so solid. There's no, like, there's no hole in his game that makes you go, wow, I wish he was better at that. Right. There's nothing that makes you go, man, I wish you would not do that anymore. Yeah, exactly. There's you know? there's no uh no 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 yeah. like with his game. It's all yeah, he's just he's doing what he needs to do out there. Right. And that's what that's kind of what he if only he could just shoot the the short corner jumper a little better. <laughs> yeah, like Jeff Beverly. Bring right. that back. 
that's I was looking at Mike's shot chart yesterday on Synergy. And like from the the elbow, the kind of like elbow extended area, he's automatic from there. Mm-hmm. Those mid-range jumpers in the short corner. No one will ever match the greatness of Jay Bevs. <laughs> no. Oh man. He was so good at those. But yeah, it's it's either gonna be Jacobson or Halliburton for sure. Because Tyrese has been so versatile, I think. And it's it's nice having I don't know, his length even at the point guard spot too, when Nick Waterbam has to go out. So mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd I'd say that he's that's that's pretty clear. It's yeah. gotta be one of those two guys. Yep. But how so how do you think it's gonna fit with uh Cam and Zoran when they come back? Um out of principle, I think they're both gonna come off the bench to start. I would say so too. Um and I think that Cam will probably get, I don't know, probably less than 20 minutes his first couple of games back. Maybe, maybe more against Iowa. We'll see, just depending on, you know, how much we think he needs to play. But um, I don't think Tally's going to get that was, much run. I was going to say, I feel like Tally's going to end up being a little bit of the odd man out. I think he is, too. He's kind of going to he's kind of going to take on the Hans Brace role in a way. I don't know if not, I'd not, go that far. Not, not the not the total. Like yeah, getting rid of him or anything, but I think him. I mean, I think the thing is they're so deep on the wing, man. I think Condit will will lose some minutes. Obviously, he won't have to play as much once Cam gets back. It'll be more him and Jacobson kind of rotating. Yep, in there, you know. Yeah, and I don't know. Maybe then, and then even once Solo gets back, like then you can start to mix and match with that stuff a little bit. Yeah, I would imagine that Jacobson will play the four more than what Agreed. he has yep. so far this season. Yeah, there's going to there's gonna be a real good lineup with Jacobson at the four and Lard at the five. That they're going to run with a lot, I'm sure. I'm guessing that Hal Burton will come off the bench. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that's kind of what so, I'm thinking. So at, at the end of the conference season, what do you think the the starting lineup will be? It's got to be Nick Waller bad, I would think. He's your senior point guard. I don't think you can bench Nick Weller bad. Yeah. I mean, obviously, Wigginton. Wigginton. THT. Yeah. Shayok, you got to keep him out there. Jacobson and Lard. That's, that's six. Oh, crap. Who do we bump out of that group then? See, see I, th- I think people... Who handles that? Who handles coming off the bench the best out of that group? Jacobson. But I think you have to start him because he's been playing so good. Yeah. It's so tough. But I, I, I could see him being uh, like off the bench in the first five minutes of the game kind of player. But I think he makes up he makes up for some of the deficiency of what Cam is defensively. Mm-hmm. You know? I just really worry I'm about I'm just it. I'm not sure how how Cam would handle coming off the bench. That's the thing. I was just gonna say that. Because I think again, he's again he went to the wellness center in the offseason, but we don't really know if he were to if Prone were to ask him to be like, hey, I think we're just gonna stick with you coming off the bench the rest of the year. How would he react to that? Like, would he be able to take it in stride, or would he raise some fuss about it? Yeah, that's I, as much as anything. That's what I think will be. I like the way they're going to play. I'm not that concerned about that. Yeah, I think that the guards will be. It'll be interesting to just see the way those guys yeah. handle things because there's been. I mean, there's a couple of those guys. They really like to. They really, really like to to pound the rock. Yeah, to the ground. Yep. And. Uh, but if they can get them to just buy into continuing to move the ball and stuff like that, which is where I think that Tyrese is really valuable. And I think Nick's really valuable in that sense as well. But I'm more just concerned about the chemistry of things, mm-hmm. whether or not you can get Coach Prom can get all those guys to buy into their roles. Yep. 
because that's that's the thing that this team has been so great about so far this season is that they they have all shared the rock pretty well mm-hmm. and i think they've played mostly within the flow of the offense too and i think that's what's good. you're gonna wonder about cam when he comes back is will the ball stick with him in the post or will will he be able to distribute every now and then too yeah that's the only that's really my biggest concern with this entire thing mm-hmm. is how they incorporate him back into it yep like lindell at least they've played with him you know mm-hmm. cam i think is really just hardly i mean he's just really hardly been involved in anything yep because of the just they knew that he wasn't going to play to start the year anyway and he hasn't played on this team this year like last year was different because obviously the the there were three main scores last year donald jackson lindell wigginton and cameron lard and so he had to shoulder more of the load but he won't have to do that this year there won't be anybody that has to shoulder a ton of the load like i I, that's another thing that I think will be interesting. Is there when those guys come back, does any of them think that they need to take need over to still do that same thing they did last year? Which they don't. Which no, they don't. Like there's there's way more. There's just too many good players on this team. We're seeing it right now. Mm-hmm. That there's enough. There's a bunch of guys that are capable of scoring. If one of those three guys didn't have a big game uh, last State year, was screwed. Th- right? Then they were going to get killed. Yeah, you know. And now it's like, okay, Lindell doesn't have a big game. Well, Shayok or THT or Tyrese even or Nick Wildbab. Like literally any, of, any the, of them. Jacobson, like any of them could have a big game, yeah. you know? And I, I just don't know how mm. everyone will take to that, which is a good problem to have. It's a yeah. good problem to have when you're like, man, what are we going to do with all these people that can score points? Exactly. It's, it's much better than last year, obviously, as far as what you'd want your problem to be. I don't know, man. I don't, I don't know if I want too many people and again, that are capable of putting the ball in the basket. <laughs> I know. It's it's such a such a tough thing to accept. But yeah, and again, we can argue who's going to be in the starting lineup all day. But again, at the end of the day, minutes played is what really matters. I think we need to... Like, it really, you just got to put a lot of faith into Coach Prom that he's going to put it together. Yeah. You know? Because he's the one to practice every day. He knows what's going on behind the scenes. Right. But it's even crazy. Like, the... So the first team he had with George... I mean, they went, what, like six or seven deep? Mm-hmm. And it's like even the guys that were coming off the bench mm-hmm. were not anybody that was going to come in and pour it in for you, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. that was It was the same way with that next team. Like, mm-hmm. it was basically the starting five. And now this year, we're debating. It's like, damn, who do you take off of the floor? <laughs> yeah. That's crazy. It is. Yeah, you, would, you could make the case, and it probably would be pretty easy to say that this is Prom's deepest team. Oh, without a doubt. This might be one of the deeper teams that they've had in general Yeah, in a while. Yeah, you're right. Because, I mean, even the Fred's last team, who came off the bench on that team? BDJ. Yep. Well, later well, in the year. Later in the year. Yeah, I was going to say Nader. Uh, did Burton Tom- play that last year? No, he was, he was still Did Matt Thomas bench. come off the bench that year? Uh, I think so. Either him or Naz rotated in and out, yeah, I think. Yeah, Burton did, yeah. So the starting five, who was that starting five? It was obviously George and Monte. Jamil. Jamil. Uh, I think Naz might have started, and Thomas was on the bench, I think, yeah, that year. Naz and... Who's the four? Dustin Hogue, was it? Yes, yeah, yes, he was yeah, back was for senior Hogue, year. Yeah, yep. yeah. So, I don't know. See, and then, okay, then you brought BDJ and... And Matt okay, Thomas off the, the bench, and that was basically it. <laughs> and the thing is, again, and Nader, those bench guys, obviously, they vlogged NBA slash professional minutes. Like they were good players, and they eventually developed into better players. But I don't think they're even 
necessarily as good as some of the players we're bringing off the bench now. That's what I'm saying. Now you've got 10. I mean, you got eight right now. Mm-hmm. You get two back who are both guys that we've seen do it mm-hmm. in the Big 12. That puts you at 10. And then you get two more <laughs> who we've both seen do it yeah. in the Big 12. And that puts you at 12. Zion Griffin, I would say... This is nothing against Zion. He's, he, he's talented, but he he's is, talented. He's yeah. just not there yet. Yep. I think you made a good point when you said that you see a lot of young Melvin Edgeman in him. Mm-hmm. He's just a pup, dude. Like he's he he's flying around, and yeah. you can tell that he's playing really, really hard. Yeah. But his he's just not. And if he, he's just he he just looks like a puppy out there. If he needed to start a la Edgem freshman year, then he could. But mm-hmm. Iowa State is in the position where he doesn't. They don't need him to. Not anywhere near. Yeah. Where it's a position where if you get some guys in foul trouble, you can throw them out there. And I mean, you're not going to expect him to go score 15 points. Mm-hmm. But you know that he's not going to go out and just self-combust. Yep. You know. Uh, Terrence Lewis, probably going to be the odd, another odd man out. Mm-hmm. Just. I, Terrence has played well yeah, in these he, last two games. He's, he's probably gonna, played his two best games of his college career. He has, yeah. He's but looking more comfortable. He also is one of those guys where he'll do one thing that is really good, and then he'll do another thing that's just like, what the hell was that, man? Yeah, you can where tell he's still young. Where he'll throw a, a shot up that looks like it's about to break the glass. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So. so that Okay, so that cuts us down to 10. Mm-hmm. And we've got... 200 minutes to split up between those 10 guys. Yeah, exactly. Good luck, coach. I'm <laughs> glad that we don't have to make these decisions. Trust in pro, man. All right. Good thing we're all Steve Prome guys. All right, right, you ready to do the mailbag? Yeah, sure. All right, so yeah, we just covered the uh, biggest surprise. Next one, GTO asks, do you pronounce grocery, <laughs> that's how I pronounce it, as grocery or grocery? Who says grocery? Grocery. Uh, the snobs say grocery. <laughs> the people who say grocery are people who don't have to actually go to the grocery store that's right you know they, they their butlers go on the run for them right yeah they're they're the, gro- they're made the gross, their grocery run for your them. assistant you send your assistant to the to the to the gross grocery store yeah. can you please go to the the grocery <laughs> store yes so uh but they probably shop at like whole foods or something exactly yeah all the expensive places right um we blue collar folks uh shop at cyclone fanatic sponsor fairway <laughs> that's right so the reason this this question came up was because there was a threat on. I don't know if you saw. That I did. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So uh, like a red blooded American, I voted for grocery. I, anyone? I I mean, maybe there's other parts of the country where they say grocery. Were mm-hmm. Were there people on there saying that that's how they say uh, it? Well, again, I looked early this morning when it was kind of, when it, after it kind of popped up, and I think it was probably eighty twenty in favor of grocery. I was gonna say if I heard someone say that, it would really I'd pause and I'd be like. What's what's up with you, dude? Right, like, what are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, why are you uh, out of your mansion joining you, us? You probably drink, <laughs> you probably drink like seltzer water with your with your pinky up with your pinky up. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. what is it they say out in uh, like steel water or something? I can't remember what Might it is. Be. It's like some like some California term where it's uh, like we drink. I wouldn't even know. I'm not from California. I'm not a I'm not a high elite like that. So. I just heard Kanye rapping about it one day. Uh, Kanye would know. All right, moving on. Uh, final mailbag question, since we're blowing through them fast. J Bind M asks, favorite movie in the Rocky franchise? And if it isn't the same for you, best movie in the Rocky franchise? Have you seen all the Rocky movies? I haven't. Oh, really? I've seen Rocky Four. Okay. It's the one with the Russian. Yes. Uh, and I've seen Rocky One. 
Okay. So you haven't seen two, three, five. Oh, wait. Which one's Balboa? Is that five? Uh, Rocky, not six. Rocky Balboa is six. Okay. Well, I've seen that one then too. Okay. But that's just because it was like the most recent one. So you haven't seen the one where, uh, maybe I shouldn't even spoil these for you. It, I mean, <laughs> these movies came out 30 years ago. I think we're okay. All right. Go so ahead. in Rocky 2 is when, because obviously Rocky loses to Apollo Creed. That's the one when Adrian dies, right? Is, uh, is Rocky 2? No. Adrian does not die. Oh, she doesn't? Okay, for some reason no, I thought she she's, st- she's still around through five. She dies between five and, and Rocky Balboa. Oh, okay. For some reason, I thought she died. Okay, never no. mind then. So, Which one's two then? Two is the one where it's the rematch and Rocky beats Apollo. Okay. And then three is basically centered around Clubber Lang. I was going to say, three is when he fights Mr. T. Mr. T. Yeah. Yep. yeah. Four is the one you've seen. With five. I have the tiger. Yep. Five is universally considered the worst uh he faces let's see what's his name oh it's not, oh tommy tommy gun okay uh kind of a it's kind of a just a different feel to it and i don't know it's just not that good i know the basic i mean i know like the basics mm. of it all you know yeah. i just don't it and then okay it's been a long time since i've seen it does apollo die at the beginning of four or does he die at the yeah okay yep, that's beginning what of four yep. yeah because yeah. uh the russian kills him right i ring. knew the russian killed him i just want because then that's like how it leads into the that's part of the United new States one. versus Soviet Union. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's part of the new one, isn't it? The, uh, yes. Of Creed Two. Yeah. I haven't seen it. I haven't seen it yet. But I, I haven't that's seen on it my, It's on my to it, see. It's actually funny. I uh, actually own Creed One. Oh really? I don't think I've ever watched it. Oh really? It's, yeah. We it was on uh, TV the other day, and my wife and I watched it as a refresher. I love Michael B. Jordan. Like I yeah. know that whenever I do watch it, it will probably be one of my favorite movies. It is. That's just, he's one of my favorite actors. Yeah, it's a good movie. But. It's just like taking. It's like having the time to sit down and yeah. watch. And it. it's good that you have seen Rocky Balboa because I would say that there are some things that you would miss in Creed had you not watched Rocky Balboa. Well, like I said, I know like the basics enough yeah. of the series. I think to be able to mm-hmm. get by because it's like I've seen those are. It's like one and four are the ones that I've seen from mm-hmm. beginning to end, and then I've just seen pieces yeah. of the other ones. Yeah. So how's like what is the general rankings? I think I assume that Rocky One is like considered the best one. Yeah, either either the I consensus think consensus best consensus one. best one is usually either Rocky or Rocky Two, just because they're their originals. And yeah. I think a lot of people, myself included, probably say their favorite is Four, just because again it's the United States versus Soviet Union, yeah. that kind of thing. Um, there's a kind of like a cult following for Three. Some people you either you either love or you hate number three. I think. Do you like it? Um, it's. Honestly, I'm kind of in the middle. Okay, so you, <laughs> you, you don't, you don't, don't fall on either end of the spectrum. I don't fall on either end of the spectrum, but I would say that usually you either love it or hate it. Um, and then five, again, is universally pretty bad. Okay. And then Rocky and People Bal- don't like Bal- Balboa. Rocky either, Balboa, right? um, I would say it's usually middle of the pack, trending lower. I was yeah. say there's. I feel like there's a lot of people that don't even consider it hardly even in the, I as enjoy- part of the series. I enjoyed it just because I, I had watched all the ones that had come out, you know, in the past rocky five and before with my dad and then that was the first where i actually got to go see it in the theater new with my dad so mm-hmm. that was kind of a cool moment for me so. okay yeah so which ones all right just so okay my my, my favorite personal favorite rocky four okay the one you've seen and then if i had to say the best i'd probably just say rocky two just because again that's when he comes back and gets the rematch yeah. victory. okay well there we go i'm glad we were able to yeah. Sort through this. Now it, everyone's going to give me shit because I haven't seen all of the Rocky fine. movies. You just have to add it with, with Creed Deer to watch. But. At least I'm not completely uh, ignorant to it all like yeah, that's Chris right. Williams. Yes. Who told who admitted yesterday while we were sitting in here doing 
uh, football and random things that he's never seen The Princess Bride. Oh, really? Yeah. I've se- okay, I'll admit that I've only seen it once. I, I, it's not a, a rewatch thing for me. That's one of my favorite movies. But I have seen it, yeah. It's a great movie. It was good. It was good. All right. Um, do you want to take a break here before Hot and Not? Or? Yeah, we'll do that. We'll take a quick break. We'll be right back on Stands and Fits, presented by the Professional MBA Program at the Ivy College of Business at Iowa State University on Cyclone Fanatic Podcast Network. Hey, guys, it's Chris Williams. We're in the heart of football season now, and I got to tell you, I feel a lot better than I did a year ago, and I owe a lot of that to Dr. Kruger at the Ames Eye Clinic. Also, uh, their Des Moines location is, they're called Des Moines Eye Care in Des Moines. Same guys, really great eye doctors. I never thought that I had eye problems. I don't really have problems seeing or anything like that, but I was suffering from chronic headaches. I mean, it was nonstop. I always had a headache, and I think a lot of it was because I stared at a screen all day. Dr. Kruger took a look at my eyes, took him about a half hour, and he knew exactly what was wrong. Prescribed me some glasses that now I use while I'm on my computer, while I'm working for you guys at Cyclone Fanatic all day. And man, has it made a difference. I'm even sleeping better. I challenge you, if you have a problem like this, any sort of eye problem, to contact our friends at Des Moines Eye Care and the Ames Eye Clinic. You can check out DesMoinesEyeCare.com or AimsEyeClinic.com. I would encourage you to do this and tell them that we sent you. Tell them thank you for supporting what we're doing here at Cyclone Fanatic. Hey guys, it's Williams here. On the podcast, on our radio shows, we talk a lot about point spreads, you know, all that stuff. To be honest, I'm not a big better, but I'm really just fascinated by that industry. And I want to recommend a service to you guys today if you're interested in that sort of thing. MyBookie.ag is the website. If you join right now, and if you give them our promo code, they will match your deposit dollar for dollar. This is a really good deal. Our promo code is 2427. Again, that promo code is 2427. They have live in-game, live betting. They're in the business for you fantasy guys out there. You can bet over-under on fantasy points for players. There's all sorts of really cool things. MyBookie.ag. Again, that promo code is 2427. You play, you win, you get paid. MyBookie.ag. Hello, Fanatics. This is Chris Williams. There are few financial commitments you will make in your life that are more important than where to get your mortgage from. That's why I want to tell you about my friend Jason Larson at Gershman Mortgage in Ankeny. Here's a real review from a client on Facebook. Jason was amazing to work with. He kept in contact with us where we were at throughout the whole process. When we went to sign, he had coffee and donuts for us that morning. He was super kind and helpful, and we said we would refer him to anyone looking to buy a home. Now, that's just one review. Jason Larson, Gershman Mortgage in Ankeny is an equal housing lender. Their NMLS number is 138063. Give them a call at 515-554-6177. Please tell him that Chris Williams and Cyclone Fanatics sent you. All right, so I was telling Chris Williams that he would like The Princess Bride, and he told me that because of the fact he didn't like Shawshank, that he didn't think he would like it. That's, oh, dude, Shawshank is up there. It's probably my top 10 movies of all time. I don't, I don't think that it's that he didn't like it. Well, for one, I don't think that he sat and watched it. It was probably way overhyped. Well, that's the other thing. I think that he'd been hearing for like three years that he needed to go watch the movie. And then all of a sudden you watch it. And don't get me wrong. 
It is a phenomenal movie. It's phenomenal. one of it would be in my top five or ten favorite movies. Mm. But if you're not one, if you're not able to watch it in one sitting, and two, if you have had people in your ear for a really long, like hundreds of people in your ear for a really long time, telling you you need to watch this movie, and he was going into it for some reason thinking it, that it was about a pirate ship, <laughs> then. All of a sudden, you watch it, and you're a little bit confused. You're like, man, this is not quite what I expected it to no. be. But regardless, he, I think that he's vastly underrating it yeah, at this point. Now he's, now he's gone too far to the other way. I think it's been well established that you can't trust Chris's opinions on movies or really anything of the, in the entertainment realm. Right. This is the same, the same guy who uh, tries to say that Christmas with the Cranks is the best Christmas movie. I, okay. I must say I do really like Christmas oh my with the God. Cranks. Are you trying to get a raise? Um, no, I'm. I'm just giving my honest opinion. What do you? How do you feel about the movie The Polar Express? Um, I okay. The first couple times I watched it, I I I liked it, but I don't enjoy it now. I'm gonna admit it really creeps me out. Does it? It's too real. The style of animation's. A I was gonna creepy. say it's it the animation, and I've actually I, I've read articles about this that it's like there's some sort of phenomena mm. to where the animation style is so close to realistic but there's just like it is like one grade below being realistic to mm -hmm. where you can notice mm -hmm. that it's not real but at the same time it looks real and you're like and that that like messes you up yeah you know your brain's probably trying to process it as real but then it can't quite get there right and that's that's what messes me up about that movie like when you see tom hanks in it and you, it's you, like, you want to think real tom hanks but right. it's not real tom hanks. no it's not real <laughs> tom hanks and this brings me to another question have you seen the trailer for the new Lion King movie? I have. I didn't. Re okay, here's what I didn't realize. I didn't realize it was gonna be basically a shot for shot, like. Well, it's just like the Jungle Book one that they did. See, just like Aladdin that comes out in the spring. I didn't realize that. See, in my head, I just thought it was gonna be something like a new a re. Come on, man! You're putting way too much thought into Disney, thinking <sighs> that they're gonna come up with original ideas. Honestly, I didn't even realize it was going to be animated. I thought it was going to be like all these actors like kind of doing a, a real life situation like akin to The Lion King. No, it's supposed to be like realistic animation, Just which it, it does look realistic oh, yeah. in that it, it looks real. And it's going to be phenomenal. Like the cast that they have yeah. is awesome. It's an insane cast. It, that's for sure. I think that that's going to be Disney's going to kill it next year because they've got that. They've got, like I said, Aladdin is mm -hmm. coming out, which is basically going to be the same concept where it's like, it's the, just like a real live version. Yep. And then there will be Toy Story 4. Yeah. Which is apparently going to start like dissecting the existential <laughs> crisis of the human, like of, uh, of existence. Yeah. And what the imagination is, which mm -hmm. is exactly what I need at the age of 20, 24, <laughs> 25, when yeah. I grew up watching the Toy Story uh, series. And then, of course, they're going to have the Avengers and like all that kind of stuff. Star Wars, episode nine as well. Oh, yeah, that comes out in December. Yep. Man, they're going to have a huge year. It's going to be massive. And they're coming out with their new streaming thing. That's right. To, I guess rival, if any, to rival Netflix, right? If anybody wants some investment advice, buy into Disney right now. Yeah, dude. I think that's pretty sound advice. Disney always kills it. Well, I guess outside of you know, <laughs> everything that's happening with ESPN and stuff, driving that's true. their that's, that's, like, that's only like one little small portion of Disney, though. Still... For some reason, that like really dictates their stock prices, though. I've noticed. It's I like think when things go wrong at ESPN, their their prices always go down. That's I'm not thing, a huge like, stocks guy, but people, yeah, people love the rail on ESPN. I think just it's just for whatever reason they think that ESPN's a huge part of Disney. When in reality, it's not that big. 
No. Compared to like all the theme parks and, and movie franchises and whatnot. I will say that ESPN getting railed on is certainly warranted. Oh, yeah. More often than it is not because mm-hmm. they do a lot of make a lot of interesting decisions. Yes. And they've also been very behind on adjusting to mm-hmm. some of the, the times. But yep. now that we've gone on this tangent, time for hot and not. <laughs> do you want to go first? Uh, sure. So since my hot is kind of related to football and we usually open with football and basketball, Montgomery and Butler, are they going to make the jump? That, that discussion is trending hot just since we're finally at the end of the season, basically. So in your, in your humble opinion... I actually asked Coach Campbell about this kind of today. Well, I didn't really ask him directly about mm-hmm. it, but... In your humble opinion, do you think they will? And should they? I think... I think that if I had to put percentages on it... I would say David is probably, and I don't. I mean, I don't know. Mm. I, obviously, I'm not having a conversation with David. No, to, this, this where he's telling me this. This is not insider this information. Is, this is my gut feeling based on things that I have heard, and based on what I know about just the entire situation and just this entire, like, just the process in general. I would say that David is probably closer to 75, 25, mm. and I know that it was not that long ago that the number was lower to where it was closer to 50 50 mm. i would say hakeem is like 60 40 and it's probably would be closer to 50 50 like it's right in that range mm-hmm. you know where he's closer to being on the fence than what david is but here's why i would say that i would say david would be more on the fence because i think that he does enjoy playing at iowa state and i think that he would feel like there's unfinished business if he was leaving. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Especially with the team that they would have coming back. That is why I think I could envision him returning. Mm. At the same time, we saw what happened with Bryce Love. We've seen what has happened with a lot of these other running backs mm. before. I mean, like, where'd Bryce Love go? Yeah. That, that dude has dropped off the map. And he would have been a probably surefire, if not top 20, like top 10 pick in the NFL draft last year. Yeah. So you see what happens with a guy like that. Uh, and if he gets a grade that is high, high level, I I would expect him to leave. I yep. would, and I and I is even as much as anything else, I think that just knowing what I know about Coach Campbell, I think that he would strongly encourage them to leave. He would not say no, you can't come back, but I think he would strongly encourage David. It's like no, like you just got like just go. You gotta be smart, dude. Yeah, like you gotta take advantage of this when you. Strike when the iron's hot. Strike when the iron's hot. His stock's pretty high, all things considered. I don't think he can get it much higher than it already is. And I would say that... The only way he could is if he if the offensive line drastically improves and he comes back... And his stats and, got and better. Like they, and they win the Big 12, and yeah. he is legitimately a Heisman Trophy candidate. Yeah, his, his physical abilities cannot probably get much better than they already currently are. Right. The well, thing, he, it's like the technique. That's where yeah. he'll get better, you yeah. know? And the thing is, the NFL places so much value, especially when it comes to running backs, on not having much mileage on, on yeah. his legs at yeah. this point. So I agree with you. That's, uh, that's why I feel that way about him. Yep. With Hakeem, I think that it's actually kind of the opposite. I feel like he should come back. Uh, I, and I think that the majority of people in Ames would probably say that it would probably be best for his stock to come back and just like get one more year. 
mm. of development. Uh, one more year to just prove how good he can be. And at the receiver position, it's just not as big of a deal as it is at running back, yeah. you know, where just like you said, you don't want like the NFL doesn't want those mileage, that mileage on you, your legs mm. in the at the receiver position. It just doesn't matter no. as much. And I think that he has some things that he could still come back and prove to where he could be in the same range that David is probably going to be after this year. Yep. At the same time, I don't know what, I mean, he has had a very, very tough family history. Anyone who read the story that was on the athletic last week mm -hmm. knows that, which at the same time, you can spin in another way and say he has two brothers who are playing brothers, cousins, however you want to put it, who are playing professional basketball right now to where it's like, okay, they don't, they might not need the money in yeah. the same sense. You know, I don't know what David's family situation is, but I don't think he comes from money or mm -hmm. anything like that. I, I know that for sure, really. But yeah. uh, with Hakeem, it's like, oh, that might not be as big of a factor, but I wouldn't be surprised at all if he left because of other people that were in his in ear, his ear yeah. as much as anything else. Yep. Whereas I think that maybe from the pure football side of things, it might be a better decision to yeah. come back. And I do think that they they both like Iowa State, obviously, but I feel like Montgomery especially is just really attached. Like he, because as Campbell has described, he's kind of been the heartbeat of this program yeah. for the last three years, especially. Well, and it's like I I don't know if I said it on here where I said it at, but when he was walking off the field at Kinnick Stadium, there was a look in that guy's eyes of just pure and utter disdain, where it's like you could feel that he really wanted to beat those guys. Yeah. And he really wanted that one, you know? Mm. And I think that if he came back, I would feel bad for anyone that got in the way of that guy. Because <laughs> yeah. he would be on 150% revenge tour mode, you mm -hmm. know? Where it's like, I'm coming back with a vengeance. Yeah. Because we didn't do, we didn't accomplish the job last year. We got better. But it's like, there's one goal in mind. And we are going to run through everyone. And it worries me a little bit just the way that he reacted to the end of the game on Saturday where he like dropped to a knee and, mm. and it really looked like he was soaking in that moment of it potentially being the last game that he was going to play like last real game, real game <laughs> that he was going to play in Jack Dry Stadium. Yeah. I still would I be surprised if either one of them came back. No. Mm. Would I be surprised if either one of them left? No. no. So I would say it's right. It, there's like, it, it could go both ways, but I would probably lean towards them both going. You summed it up well. Good job. Thank you. Like I said, I don't know that from either one of them, but mm. this is just based on how I've just from different conversations. That how how you've inferred yourself. Right. What I've been able to gather from different conversations and stuff like that of the situations mm. at hand. Yeah. Um. I think I do think it would be harder to just as hard to replace Hakeem as it would be to replace David, possibly even harder. Oh, yeah. I, I would think it'd be tougher at this point to replace Hakeem because there's I mean, you remember the thing that I wrote at the beginning of the year where it's I did the five. I was thinking about this when I was coming back from Ames, the five most important players on the team. Mm -hmm. And it was like it it was him. It would mean it was Hakeem, Ray Lima. Uh, Sean Buckner. Mm. Uh, who else was there? I don't remember. PV. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, people like that. Where it's like, basically, the people that I were talking to, it's like they don't do 
we don't have anybody else on our team can, that can do what they do. Yeah. You don't have anybody else, obviously, that is a pure talent that David Montgomery is. But the, if the offensive line can be better, the group of guys they have coming back and the two dudes that they have coming in can equal the production that he is able to put out. Yep. You know? But six foot six receivers, right? Six foot six receiver that run that probably runs sub four five and is just an absolute freak Freak athlete is you don't, they don't, those guys don't come (laughs) around very often, Yeah, you know? And, uh, it, it, I think they've got some young guys that they're excited about in the program. And I think you could move some of those dudes around to where you can get Tariq and Deshante on the field more together. Uh, I mean, I think Landon Akers continue, can continue to be better. I think Josh Johnson will be really good for them. I think Jalen Martin is still a kid that we're going to see more from in the future. I know they like Sean Shaw. I know they, I know Carson Schlecker is faster than hell. If Joseph Skates can get his head on straight, I think that he, he is the guy that I know they kind of viewed as being the heir apparent to Hakeem. Mm. But when you're suspended twice for like – three quarters of the season. It's tough to dig out of that hole. It's tough to dig yourself out of that hole in time to get yourself really going on the right path towards next year. Which brings me to the point that I think that those two, those tight ends are going to be way more important next year than maybe what we would have initially anticipated. Yeah. Which Jay Jordan has told me before that he thinks Charlie Kohler has the most pro potential of anybody on the team. Yeah. Which and, is crazy to think. Yeah, because Chase Allen and Dylan Soner have been doing all, th- the, all the legwork. I think Soner will actually end up moving to the Scene Buckner spot, mm-hmm. which will be weird because Scene <laughs> Buckner's like 5'10". Yeah. And Soner's like 6'8". Yeah. He, he's taller than me and weighs like 70 pounds more, mm-hmm. you know, and he's going to be playing the fullback position. Which basically. is kind of exciting. Right. He could be a really good blocker from that position. Well, and he's basically their best special teams player. He's mm-hmm. fast. He can run for real like a receiver. And yeah. so they're going to be able to use him a lot more. They'll be able to use that spot a lot more in the passing game than I think what they could with Seen Buckner. More versatile. Yeah. Right. Which I think Seen Buckner was fine. Obviously, yeah. he has. And he's a great he, blocker. He has more touchdown catches in, <laughs> in his career than Dylan Sainter does yeah. after Saturday. But uh, I just don't think that. Um, I don't know how much he'll be able. I mean, the blocking will be. That, that guy has been really, really good for them. But yeah. Chase and, and Charlie, I expect them to be on the field more together probably next year than what we saw them yeah. this year. And yep. they might even fill in that Hakeem role some. Yep. That'll be exciting to watch, dude. Yeah. There's a lot of potential, but again, losing Hakeem would be tough to fill. If those two guys come back, they go into next year, I mean, squarely in the conversation to win the Big 12. Yeah. I think. Oh, They're, they totally are. They enter the year in the top group. Yeah. The the group with Oklahoma and Texas, mm-hmm. I would say. Yeah. There were still a lot of questions coming into this year, even with all the talent coming back. But next year, if we bring all the talent that could come back. I mean, at that point, you bring back, you lose, you you lose, lose C. Brian, Buckner. Brian Peavy. Well, it, I mean, I was thinking more. Uh, I mean, the offense. Oh, offense. The yeah, offense would go into the year. You would have to expect them to be one of the best in the Big 12. Yep. And, I mean, with Oklahoma – we don't know what they're going to be. Mm-hmm. You know, is Kyler Murray going to come back and play another year? Sounds like he's supposed to. He he. Uh, last I heard, I think today he commented that the plan was still to go to baseball after this year. And but we don't know for sure. I mean, I I can't imagine that the A's would be thrilled. What <laughs> if he came back? He went to back to them and then came back to Oklahoma again. Yeah. Uh, 
to to play another year of football. I yeah. just can't imagine because I thought that that was kind of the thing. It's like, all right, play one year. Yeah, you get you one know? shot at the national title. Right. And that defense is going to be more than a one-year fix at yeah. this point. So I'm not sure. Like, I'm not. Their dead. offense is already amazing. Right. I'm like, not certain yeah. that that will be more, that they're not going to take a little bit of a drop-off next year. Yeah. Unless they've got another dude at quarterback who's just amazing, which would you be shocked because it's freaking Oklahoma. Yeah. Uh, Texas is going to be Texas is going to be Texas. That's going to be tough, regardless of what Tom Herman says about the fact that they overachieved. <laughs> Good this year. grief. That just made me uh giant head face palm. It's funny. So Alex Halstead tweeted out the like two, four, seven team talent rankings, you know? Yeah. And Texas was number nine on mm-hmm. there. Uh, I was just looking at it and I mean, I'd have to go through their depth chart. I, they've got 44 stars on <laughs> of the 80 guys that they had that were logged into the 247 database. Yeah. I looked at Iowa State's team thing, which it will go up after this group of seniors leaves cuz I mean just as a product of the recruiting being better and like just the grades and stuff. Mm. But if you go to the bottom of the list, I mean Hakeem Butler is one of the lowest rated guys on the team. Yeah. David is right there in the middle. Brian Peavy's right there towards the bottom. Willie Harvey's right there towards the bottom. It's like all the best players on the team yeah. are all right at the very bottom of their group. And I was like, man, yeah. this is this just is just like kind of a goes to show situation of honestly the roads, the recruiting the roads staff and Campbell's early recruiting classes. They've they've hit on a, a few of those diamonds. Well, and that's what Alex and I were talking about last night, the basketball game. I was like, you know what? I will give the roads staff this one thing. The misses, some of the misses that they had were like colossally bad misses, yeah. where it was like classes that 75% of the guys did not pan out, which is you want to be right around 50-50, yeah. you know? But some of the hits they had, I mean, really Hakeem, like Brian Peavy, mm-hmm. Willie Harvey, like whoever could have seen those guys for their recruiting ranking and the offers that they had being as good as they've been. Exactly. You, you just never could have even anticipated it. But Mm-mm. yeah, but Tom saying that they, <laughs> they've overachieved for their talent, I was like, Oh gosh! Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay, Tom. And his, just, a, his justification was the what the the postseason award list or something or the preseason award list. One of those two. Yeah. One. Uh, like no guys on the first team All Big Twelve. Yeah. He's like, like, how many first team All Big Twelve guys do you see on this roster? And it's like, well, there could be honestly, there could be about ten of them if you really well, play you know, the potential. I was gonna say no. You know what it is? It's because you've got so many good guys that then no one sticks out enough to exactly. be on the first team All Big Twelve. That's true. It's like at Iowa State when Hakeem Butler kills it and is like, it's like, well, that dude's obviously first team All Big Twelve. He's so much better than the rest of their players. Right. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. It's like at yeah. Texas, the their best player is still going to split time split time with the guy who was like a 92 four star or something like that yeah. on on Rivals. Yeah. And you're like, damn, this guy's their backup. It's like, <laughs> yeah. Like yeah, that's the point. That's why they're Texas. Yep. Yeah, that was that was a really odd thing for Tom Herman to yeah. to say. It's I, 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 I saw someone I can't remember who, but someone it was uh, the the Bill Self school of uh, motivation, basically. Because remember when he said the whole oh yeah everyone doubted us all year kind of thing. When did he say that? Uh, last year. If it wasn't last year, it was the year before that. It was pretty recently. Yeah, Bill, you really are. You guys are really the underdogs. Yep. Really the underdog story. Perpetually the underdogs. Story there, there down, in, uh, down in Lawrence with all of their <laughs> five-star five star recruits, recruits. And, and millions of dollars of funding. and Yeah. Yeah. 
That's we, we, I feel real bad for him. We're really crying tears for you up here in Ames, <laughs> Iowa, Bill. Yep. Uh, and you, Tom. Um, Both yeah. those guys feel real bad for him. <laughs> Whatever. But, all right, my hot this week. I don't know if you saw my tweets last night. I did. My hot this week is me. Uh, <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm preparing to receive a medal from the city of Ankeny for helping get an incredibly dangerous criminal off of the streets. So, okay, they're only, they're only giving you a medal and not the key to the city? They should give me the key to the city. <laughs> I'm essentially a superhero now. I'm, What's your superhero name? You have to come up with that before the end of this show. Just saying. Okay. <laughs> okay. I, you can think about that, but go on with your story. What, 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 was, what all right, happened? So for the people that didn't, this happened like at 12 o'clock at night. Uh, but, okay, so I got back from Ames. And I was taking Lolo outside, who is no longer a part of the podcast. She got fired. That's right. Uh, Rest in peace, Lolo. Well, On the podcast, Lolo, not in real life. Lolo's broadcasting career. Yeah. Rest in peace, Lolo's broadcasting career. Dude, we'll, have to, we'll have to do a throwback Lolo, episode. Lolo is not dead. We'll have to go to your apartment and do a throwback episode sometime. Right. Uh, but, okay, so I was taking Lolo outside. And um, as I was starting to, like, walk inside, you know kind of the layout of my apartment. There's, like, the drive the, yeah the parking area out there yep i'm walking there towards my front door and all of a sudden i hear just like boom and i was like i look back i was like what the hell was that and uh i see someone in an suv had driven on the curb over the top of a tree into another tree and through a fence Whew. Uh, and was like in the process of trying to drive out of this predicament that they had gotten themselves into. Yeah. So I like hustled and I took Lolo inside and like threw her in. I was calling nine one one at the same time, and then I'm running back out and I'm on nine one one. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to, uh, I'm going to see if they're okay. And just as I get over there to see if they're okay, they're like flooring it to try and get uh, dislodged from this tree. Yeah. So I'm trying to like stay back. Cause I'm scared that I'm going to get run right over, over yeah. in this situation and gets himself dislodged, gets back out in the street off of the sidewalk. Everything on the sidewalk is completely destroyed. There's a tree literally gotten uprooted yeah. and a huge section of the fence has fallen down and he gets out on the street, turns off into like one of the, like the side street right around the corner from my apartment. Uh, he stops, uh, opens up his door, gets out, the car starts rolling backwards down the street No, and he starts chasing it. I'm still on the phone, like <laughs> describing this entire scenario for, uh, the, the nine one one dispatch. And he gets back in the car, gets it into park, gets out again, and then falls backwards against his car as he's getting out, uh, visibly, visibly very drunk. Yeah. Uh, walks around to the front and is like kind of looking and like through this whole thing like i'm trying to kind of i'm trying to kind of sneak up you yeah. know just to see if i can get up there and kind of not surprise him necessarily but just to get close enough to see his plates or whatever to yeah and i didn't get close enough because i was at the same time like i said i'm trying not get run over or like have this person <laughs> have a gun or something like that because yeah. it clearly they were not in a very good state of mind yep uh just as I'm getting close enough, he hops back in the car and takes off at like 50 miles an hour Jeez. to one of the main streets in Ankeny, turns on the main street. And I told 
the police which way it was going. Uh, and then a little while later, and then so the dispatch like told me to wait. Yeah. Basically, uh, police officer comes. I'm standing there talking to him. He's like, uh, and then he said, "All right, well, you know, you're good. Like, thanks for calling it in." Yeah. And because if there, I mean, obviously, if I hadn't, probably if I had not been there, then no, no one, would, the, ever no one would have ever known who yeah. had, what had, who it had been or anything like that. And uh, so. <laughs> Uh, a little while later, he calls me like after I go back inside and he's like, hey, the guy refused field sobriety. Can you please fill out a police report for us? Wow. And I was like, yeah, it's fine. Hmm. So I went back outside and I st- stood by the hood of his car and filled out a police report, wrote like a whole thing out to like detail what I saw. And I, in the moment, I'm just thinking it's like, man, they got lucky that there's like a, a journalist here yeah. in this moment where it's like you were detailing right, everything in your mind right exactly i was right in that moment i'm like damn what the hell's going on like then i'm trying to remember everything because i'm like yeah all right well i'm gonna take this guy down yeah you know <laughs> and i i do think they caught him uh mm-hmm. i i know that they probably got him off the streets because that's they told me that they obviously pulled him over and everything and, so you okay so you saw this guy could you pick him out of a lineup uh i that's the only thing i i think that i could mm-hmm. Um, I had a general idea and I looked on, I looked on like the, the inmate the, roster, the inmate roster. And I think that I know which one that it was. Okay. Uh, I could see a rough outline. I mean, obviously it was dark, you mm-hmm. know, I could see the rough outline of his face to where I would think I would have been able to get it, but I don't know for certain, Yeah. you know, like yep. I think that I would have been able to though. Mm. That's but, exciting. Yeah. So you you adulted in a way that you can you you did the whole filing a police report thing, being a responsible responsible citizen. I was a witness. That's right. Yeah. It was a it was definitely an interesting Monday night experience. Something you don't anticipate handle like having to deal with on a Monday night. Yeah. Exactly. You you figure that's probably like the least likely of nights for a guy to come home completely well, blasted. Right. <laughs> well, I was just like. <laughs> I was like, just like, just think of the odds, like for the timing of it all. Oh yeah. You know, like yeah. for when I get home and then when I'm outside and then that happens. And yeah. I was just like, of course. You, it makes you wonder where he was coming from too. Like how far, how far did he go to get to, to in front of your apartment? Well, and that's the first thing that when the police officer got there, he said, do you know where he came from? Mm-hmm. And I mean, I could only guess cause I saw the way that he had hit the stuff, you yeah. know? So I was like, well, I mean probably had to come from that way yeah and he's like all right well i'm gonna drive around just see if he i can tell that he hit anything else yeah. which honestly knowing that he did that i'm surprised that he hadn't hit anything else yeah. really yep i'm almost kind of thinking too if i'd been i mean if i'd been out there five minutes like a couple minutes later like i what if i'd gotten run over yeah Lolo had been hit by the guy like driving no kidding his car at an insanely high speed to run over a tree yeah but, and it's almost, yeah, it is almost a wonder that he got kind of like back in your little nook and cranny there is because there, there are a couple of turns before you get to your apartment yeah. on the street too. So you would have, th- you would have figured if he was that gone, then he would have hit something. Right. This guy was, <laughs> if he wasn't drunk, he was on something Yeah. because he was su- he, seriously struggling. Not sober. Which I also think you have to be, I mean, you can't be in your right mind to have something like that happen and then just leave. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like that's just, I mean, I guess I don't know, but that seems <laughs> never like, been there. <laughs> right. I've never been there, but that just seems like that would be my general idea. Mm-hmm. All right. What's your not this week? My not this week, the net rankings, which are the NCAA's new RPI, basically. 
So they released uh, the rankings for the first time this year, and they've even updated since since the the games last night were played. But the current rankings have Texas Tech as the number one net ranking team in the nation. Uh, and I wrote down a few more teams that were in the rankings that, that were kind of notable. Gonzaga, who just beat Duke, is at number four. Duke themselves are at number six. Nebraska ball is at number nine. Belmont, number 11. Kansas, number 12. Loyola Marymount, that's Loyola Marymount and not Loyola Chicago, like you remember from last year, mm-hmm. is at number 13. Radford, number 21. And then Iowa State and Iowa are actually back-to-back, number 27, number 28, respectively. So I just think that's kind of interesting. Uh, everyone like always dogged on RPI, and now that these new like this new method of determining which team should be in the postseason is out, it's not very good. And the thing the thing that you can say is that hey, there's only so many games so far. There's not that much data. Maybe it'll improve as the year goes along. Yeah, that's true. It could, but it's just so weird to see that some of these teams that probably shouldn't be where they are are currently there. Yeah, I mean, I just think this sample size is really small. Still though, dude. I would think that any 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 rating system worth its its salt should have it like the like Kempom basically. They should just use Kempom. Let's be honest. Yeah, I can't disagree with that. Mm. I don't know. I mean, I, I we'll have to we'll have to check late February see if it's still. I would say I I'm I'm willing to bet that it it, I it mean, might, based it, on what you read there. I'm gonna guess that it's already starting to even out. A it might bit. just as there's more games played, then it will even out more and more. But we will check back, and if anything is wacky, then I will call it out late February. You heard it here first. Prepare yourselves. Yeah, I think though. I think it'll be okay. Normalize. All right. Uh, so what's what's your not this week? Dude? My not this week is Ted Flint. Uh, anybody who was on Twitter last night during the game. So Ted tweeted out that all of a sudden the Cyclones could shoot threes. Basically, he was throwing shade at anybody that was questioning who was going to shoot threes for the team. Uh, and then approximately 900 people proceeded to tweet at Ted to tell him that. The Cyclones were 171st in three-point in three-point shooting so far this season, and I just felt bad for Ted. And you know, yeah, during the those moments, so I just wanted to give him a shout out, but I wanted to make sure that he he knows that he has to be the not this week. in Ted's favor because everybody was just crapping all over him. Iowa State is missing arguably its best three-point shooter in the Del Wigginton. Yeah, and it was funny too that in the moment that he he was tweeting it. I looked to see what Iowa State had shot from three to that point. It was they were like four for ten. <laughs> and I was like, well, four, hey, 40% is good. Yeah. It's not like amazing. I, right. I was like, all right. I was like, all right, maybe hold on to this one. Yeah. That, throw that one in the drafts. It's, it's, it it's not, not not exactly the perfect time to tweet it, I guess. No, yeah. no. I was just like, I, I was like, yeah, you got you probably got what, what you deserved on this one. Yeah. It's just and there's too many people on Twitter, especially in Cyclone Twitter, that are Know-it-alls. Right. <laughs> that are going to be those jerks that they're just like, yeah, they're like, you're wrong. Yeah. You're wrong. And that's all. They just, they just want to prove you wrong. Right. And they're going to throw you some stat and it's just like, and Ted, you know, is just like throwing him his, <laughs> his, his jerk off. Right. His jerk off, <laughs> jerk off Jeff, just like over and over again. Yeah. All right. So that's shout out to Ted. We still love you, Ted, but just maybe look at statistics before you make wild, you know, claims. Mm-hmm. Proclamations. All right. Uh, underrated underdog. Underrated underdogs. I'll start. So we both remain three and nine. I'll just update on what happened last week. I picked Coach O. That was an incredible game. 
LSU, Texas A&M went like what seven overtimes, I mm-hmm. believe. Mm-hmm. Um, had to coach seven overtimes with Gatorade on his back. That's right. Um, incredible game, but again, I would imagine that Coach O would prefer to get a big pot of gumbo dumped mm-hmm. on his back, but that just might be. You're my, probably right. My idea of Coach good call. O. But yeah, LSU lost, so I did not get in the win column. And another good game, Nebraska almost pulled it off for you there in Iowa City with the comeback. They did. They fell just short. Once again, my underrated underdog covered. I'd, yes. I'd, like, I'd be interested to go back and look and see how many of the nine losses I have were covers. Yeah, that's a, that's a good question. I know LSU didn't the one time that I picked them against like if, if, Alabama. But. If our underrated underdogs were strictly against the spread, what would, what would our combined record be? Like, would we, would we be good? Yeah, it'd probably be a lot better than what we are. Yeah. So uh, this week is hard to do, though. It is because there's only so many games. Yeah. It's obviously you can't we can't pick Iowa State and then basically everything else is conference championship games. So my pick, I got on before Jared. I picked Texas just since they've already beat Oklahoma this week or oh, this year. Excuse me. They're they're picked to lose by seven and a half points in the rematch. But I think that since they've already done it once this year, they could do it again. So that's why I went with the Longhorns. All right. I'm taking uh, Utah. In the Pac-12 championship game against Washington, they're five-point dogs. I can see it happening. That's that again. That's like the next closest. The only other single-digit single digit spread. Yeah, single-digit spread. So we got we got those games. There is for this week. All right, uh, time for would you rather's? Pulling up my site here. Yeah. What's the number? Um, oh wait, it's between one and two fifty. One two fifty. All right. Uh, let's go with forty-three. 43. Would you always rather, would you rather always know what time it is or always have exact change? Always know. Well, having exact change is like basically carrying around a debit card. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm going to go always know what time it was. I mean, I always have my cell phone on me. So I, I technically you can always know what time it is no matter what, but like, I think I assume that it just means that like in your head, you always, you have a very accurate internal clock. Yeah. And I, again, I, I rarely carry around cash anyway, so it's not going to be that big of a deal if I don't have the exact change. Yeah, that's kind of a lame one. Yeah, that's kind of a lame one. All I right. guess that's, that's partially on me picking 43. All right. Another number. Let's go with 84. 84. Brandy Moss. Would you rather have eyes that can capture everything on video or ears that can record all sounds? Eyes that can capture everything on video. Or ears. That's a, that's a tough one. So I so basically, if my eyes can capture video, they don't capture any audio with that video, though, and vice versa. Hmm. That is a tough one. I was trying to think of ways that you I basically can, like, would be your like you would basically be a uh, your own kind of security camera. Yeah, either I'm a security camera or I'm a like human security I'm, camera, or, or I'm a FBI wiretap, basically. Right. But I think I feel like you would be very valuable to the you uh, would be to the law enforcement community. You would be. I think I would go with uh, eyes that can record, just because I think again memories. When you think of memories, you don't really think of sounds. And when when there's good memories, you recall them in your mind. You you think of the visuals mostly. And I think actually being able to like watch that back, watch all your memories back in real time, that'd be really cool. So I think I'd go with that. It would also. Probably uh, greatly decreased the number of videos you'd need to watch sometimes. Yeah, YouTube would be rendered uh, mostly, That's not mostly bad. unnecessary. Oh, no. well, oh, you, oh, you, you, oh, wait, 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 were you going the, the, the no, dirty no. way? Is I'm, that what no, you were going? I'm not. I plead the fifth. Woo! 
All right. All right. All right. Give me one more. All right. Uh, let's go. Let's go. Two hundred two. Going out there a little ways. I'd say that. Okay. You can edit it out. You have that power. Uh, you already. We already did this one. Oh, okay. I, did I did I pick that number last time? Yeah. yeah. It's the. Would you rather know how to play every instrument or spell every word? Okay. Uh, let's go two hundred twelve. Then let's go. Let's go <laughs> up ten. <laughs> would you rather have comically big hands or comically big feet? I think we've had one like. Yeah. This let's before. go. Let's do a different one. I was gonna say because I can already tell you you don't want big feet. <laughs> no. So two hundred twenty-two. Would you rather never lose your phone again or never lose your wallet again? Easy. Never lose my wallet again. Yeah, that, that would definitely be an easy that one. Because you, you can replace a phone. And I feel like you can... Well, you can replace your phone. And you can obviously replace everything in your wallet. Yeah, but it's just much more of a headache and worry if you lose like your credit card and stuff. I was going to say, there's just so many more hoops to jump through. Yeah. Because there's just like so many different places that things could come from. Yeah, because if I lose my phone, basically I can, I can call the... the cellular company and be like de- deactivate this line immediately yeah. it's just all taken care of at that point yeah or i have to make, like go in and say i need to get a new phone i have to make more than one call if i if i lose everything in my wallet yeah then you're calling yeah then you're calling like card companies and just like all yeah. kinds of stuff like that and praying there's not and waiting to more. get new ones and it's just like yeah yeah that would be that'd be a pain agreed all right uh thanks man yeah we, uh it's a good show this is a long one compared to some of our last few. We had, we had a, a a big opening segment. Yeah, we did. And by the way, did you did you end up thinking of a superhero name? No. What do you think it should be? Uh, you got any ideas? Well, you're tall, so it could be something to do with being tall. And obviously, you're a good citizen. So is there something that you can combine those two things? Um, skyscraper. That's the second one. The second word. Well, there's something before skyscraper. The the moral skyscraper. There you go. That's your superhero name. The moral skyscraper. The moral skyscraper. You didn't you didn't think of one, so that's your I, I get to pick and that's what I pick. You're man, stuck we, with it now. Man, we really need Stan Lee back. <laughs> yeah, we do. All right. Thanks to everybody for listening. Thanks again to professional MBA program at the Ivy College of Business at Iowa State for being the presenting sponsor of Stands and Fits each and every week. Also, uh Reminder about the Cyclone Fanatic bull charters. I'm going to have to record something to throw at the beginning of this because I <laughs> honestly forgot about it. But I'll record something and add it in there. So you guys will already have heard about that. But uh, get on the site. Check that out. That's all over social media as well. And then uh, sign up to get updates for when the bull selection becomes official on Sunday. I think that's it. Talk to you guys again soon. Beat the Bulldogs. Peace.